0: Video starts at 13.50, intro. Of course it's absurd, it's as I suspected. but I must defend my name. No, you must do no such thing. On oh, my honor, I will, my lord, I must. I know you yearn to defend your name and your honor, but... The common mind has no capacity for this sort of nuance. It's, they simply don't understand the world as we do. These villains and heroes, that is all. My lord. Deny, deny, deny. All men are not equal in heart and spirit." From a short history of Christianity by J. M. Robertson. Taken individually, then, an average Christian of the second century was likely to be an unlettered person of the lower middle or poorer classes, living in a town, either bitterly averse to idols, theatres, the circus, and the public baths, or persuaded that he ought to be, utterly credulous as to demons and miracles. Incapable of criticism as to sacred books, neurotic or respectful towards neurosis, readily emotional towards the crucified God and the sacred mystery in which were given the body and blood, devoid alike of aesthetic and of philosophic faculty, without the thought of civic duty or political theory, much given to his ritual, capable of fanatical hatred and of personal malice but either constitutionally sober and chaste or chronically anxious to be so, and in times of persecution exalted by the passion of self-sacrifice, perhaps then transiently attaining to the professed ideal of love towards enemies. But the effective bonds of union for the community, whether in peace or during persecution, were rather the ruling passion of hostility to pagan beliefs and usages, and the eager hope of salvation, than any enthusiasm of humanity social or even sectarian. And, as an orthodox ecclesiastic has remarked, we cannot even cursorily read the New Testament without being astonished by the allusions so often made to immoral persons calling themselves Christians. From a New Model of the Universe by P. D. Uspensky, Only degeneration and decay can proceed mechanically initiation gave freedom from this gloom, gave a way of escape from the never-ending anguish of the abodes of the dead, gave a kind of life in death. This idea is expressed more clearly than anywhere else in the Easter hymn of the Orthodox Church, which undoubtedly comes from very remote pre-Christian antiquity and links the Christian idea with the idea of the mysteries. Christ is risen from the dead. He has conquered death with death, and given life to those who were in tombs. There is a remarkable analogy between the content of the mysteries and the earthly life of Christ. The life of Christ, taken as we know it from the Gospels, represents the same mystery as those which were performed in Egypt on the island of Phile, in Greece at Eleusis, and in other places. First of all the idea of esotericism tells us of the knowledge which has been accumulated for tens of thousands of years and has been handed down from generation to generation within small circles of initiates, this knowledge often relates to spheres which have not even been touched upon by science. In order to acquire this knowledge, and also the power which it gives, a man must go through difficult preliminary preparations and tests and prolonged work without which it is impossible to assimilate this knowledge and to learn how to use it. This work for the mastery of esoteric knowledge, and the methods belonging to it, constitute by themselves a separate cycle of knowledge unknown to us. One and the same idea invariably runs through the teachings originated by these people, namely, the idea that only a very few can enter the esoteric circle, though many may desire to do so and may even make the attempt The esoteric schools which preserve ancient knowledge, handing it over from one to another in succession, and the people who belong to these schools stand apart, as it were, from ordinary mankind, to which we belong. According to the idea of esotericism, as applied to the history of mankind, no civilization ever begins of itself. There exists no evolution which begins accidentally and proceeds mechanically. Only degeneration and decay can proceed mechanically. Civilization never starts by natural growth, but only through artificial cultivation. Esoteric schools are hidden from the eyes of ordinary humanity, but the influence of schools persists uninterruptedly in history, and has the aim, so far as we can understand this aim, of helping when that appears possible, races which have lapsed into a barbarous state of one kind or another to emerge from that state and to enter upon a new civilization, or a new life. A savage or semi-savage people or an entire country is taken in hand by a man possessing power and knowledge. He begins to educate and instruct the people. He gives them a religion, he makes laws, builds temples, introduces writing creates the beginning of art and the sciences, makes the people migrate to another country if necessary, and so on. Theocratic government is a form of such artificial cultivation. Biblical history from Abraham, and possibly even earlier, to Solomon, is an example of the civilizing of a savage people by members of the inner circle from the Colbrin. The barbarian asks, Who and what is the Supreme Spirit? Say unto him, conceive it as a being even above your greatest god. If it helps in your understanding, see the supreme spirit as a god reflecting his image as yourself. The barbarian seeks a god he can see, but try and make him understand this is impossible. The barbarians are still children and these things do not easily come within. Because of this it may be best if they were taught by simple tales, like children, and so brought into the light gradually. A belief in the Supreme Spirit is of no great importance. An inquiry into his nature by the ignorant is purposeless foolishness. It is of much more importance to men that they believe in their own souls. Belief in a God of any sort without belief in the immortality of man and his godlikeness serves no end. If a God existed without man deriving any benefit from his existence, it would be better for man to ignore him. This, however, is not the case. Man seeks unity and communion with the Supreme Spirit only for his own benefit. Man has a destiny founded in something greater than himself, and hence his need for that something. The existence of a Supreme Being is not just something to accept, believe in and ignore. A belief, faith alone, cannot be ends in themselves, for nothing exists without purpose. Simple belief in a Supreme Being is not enough, we must know the purpose or intention of the being. If we believe this supreme being created us, however this was brought about, we must seek to discover the purpose behind our creation. If we were created to serve some purpose, to do something we were intended to do, we must do it or earn our Creator's displeasure. Does the potter keep the pot useless for its purpose, or the smith keep unwrought metal? Only things which serve the purpose for which they were intended are kept and cherished. Therefore, we who are brothers, were taught not only to believe in a supreme being but also in our similarity to him. The supreme spirit is not a stranger beyond our ken, the powers of the supreme spirit infuse every fiber of our bodies. For the sake of the barbarians it is perhaps best to call the supreme spirit, God, the God without a name. This will solve some difficulties, and if the barbarians think themselves superior because they contain him within a name, let it be so and hold yourself in peace. The barbarians make images of God to make him more understandable. Are we much better who make images of him in our likeness within our thoughts? Not perhaps because we believe him so, but to make him more understandable. As man's understanding of God increases, so does God recede, so that though through the ages man comes to understand God better, he ever keeps the same distance away. We who dwell in the light of the Supreme Spirit have come closer to understanding not because we are better men but because we have devoted our lives to the search, the mystics. If any man seek carefully and diligently enough he must find whatever it is he seeks. God is not a person, but the supreme spirit. They must also learn that the spirit is not something separate from man, or something within him. Man is spirit, man is soul. I am not born, nor will I ever die. I am Haru the Enlightened One, Haru the Twice-born. Having crossed the dark waters myself, I carry the others across. Being free from fear, I free others from fear. Being unrestricted, I ease the restriction of others. Knowing the way, I show it to others. Having trodden the road, I now guide others along it. I am an illuminated one, the open of ear, the keen of eye. I am one who knows the law, I am a keeper of ordinances. To obtain the gem the serpent must be aroused and then overcome. To rouse this serpent is a thing not to be lightly undertaken, for it causes a fire to mount into the heart, which may destroy the brain with delusions and madness. Only the twice born can really obtain the gem. Then you pass through the portal to the hall of judgment. Here, for the first time, your light is revealed and it is made known whether your tongue has spoken in accordance with the things within your heart. Many are they who know the words of the tongue but sever these from what is written in the heart. If the words of the tongue are copied from the writings of the heart and are a true copy, then cross to the place of assessment where your true form and likeness will be displayed for all to see. A curtain of darkness descends, there is a heavy dark mist, then the muffled crash of thundering doors. The aching body reclines within the tomb of stone. The questing pilgrim has returned to his helmhaven. He has learned truths he could never learn on earth and now knows the grand secret. Faith is replaced with certainty and he is now an initiated one. He who sees his own self in all things and all things in his own self is awakened. He is beyond delusion and outside the reach of futile sorrow. Having arisen from the womb of rebirth, the spirit is completely freed from any doubt about the immortality of man. The truly awakened soul is beyond carnal lust and mortal grief. His love is alike for all my creation and thus he shows supreme love for me. If a man would know heaven, he must first know earth. Man cannot understand heaven until he understands earth. He cannot understand God until he understands himself, and he cannot know love unless he has been loveless. God is unknown but not unknowable. He is unseen but not unseeable. God is unheard but not unhearable. He is not understood but he is understandable. The people of those times spurned all spiritual things and men lived only for pleasure, caring little for the good of mankind or the future of the people. The goal of life is upstream, not downstream. Man must struggle against the current, not drift with the flow. From The Revolt Against Civilization, The Menace of the Underman by Lothrop Stoddard, it is this elite which leavens the group and initiates progress. From The Bow and the Club by Julius Savola. The last point to which I will allude in these short notes no longer pertains to the definition of the pure concept of initiation in itself, but rather to the connection between the level of initiation and that of mundane reality and history. Particularly in recent times the conception of the secret character of the quality of the initiate has prevailed. The following saying of a Sufi, Islamic initiate, could be cited, that I am a Sufi is a secret between me and God. The hermetic character of the initiate is clear, moreover, from the initiatory current from which this adjective is specifically derived alchemical hermeticism, one of the main currents in the post-Christian West. But if we go further back in time, a different possibility is also attested. If we focus our gaze on those civilizations which In an eminent sense, we may call traditional those civilizations which had an organic and sacred character and in which all activities were adequately ordered from top down at the center of such civilizations we often find, quite visibly, figures with features similar to those attributed to initiates. As this center is constituted by an eminent transcendence, so to speak, meaning a real presence of the non-human in the human, which is expected of particular beings or elites. There is a corresponding form of spirituality which defines the initiate and distinguishes him from the priest, for example, because the priest, at best, is a mediator of the divine and the supernatural, but does not incorporate this element in himself through the character of centrality. The divine royalty at the origins of a great number of civilizations had precisely this metaphysical character. Christian Sickness Come on, I want to show you something
1: Methamphetamine It's pure evil Destroys everything it touches And people want more God allows it to exist. Think Jesus is welcomed here?
2: I know seven years of seeing things like this every day. I get why you called. But you can't let the darkness overtake you. You have to be the light.
1: Pretty sure my light went out a while ago.
2: You just saved a girl back there.
1: I answered a call, same as anyone else would have.
2: I don't know that I would have. It takes someone special to answer a call like that.
1: I don't think so, because that same girl will be doing the exact same thing next week.
2: Possibly. But I think God used you to give her a second chance.
1: Why does she deserve that? My best friend, he didn't get a second chance. Got shot, killed. Guy that
2: shot him got away. So, is that fair? If you look at it from an earthly perspective, no, it's not fair. This is a fallen world filled with sin and problems. We're all gonna die one day. There's no getting around that. God's work is eternal. From that perspective, what's a few years of unpleasantness compared to a lifetime of joy. I wonder, how many people has God put in your path who don't know Jesus? How many people who don't know hope because no one's ever told them? You're the one they call when they need help. You're the one God's called to be his shepherd, to watch over his sheep. They'll never be able to stop all the bad things from happening. The Bible says it rains on the just and the unjust. But you can be a light in the darkness.
1: You are giving me way too much credit, Pastor.
2: Really? Mm-hmm. When someone broke into my house, held a gun to my wife's head, who did God send? Never forget, you have a choice you can either let the darkness overtake you or you can be a bearer of the light.
1: I almost killed a man yesterday. He shot this little kid during a drive-by. I had him at gunpoint. I, I could have pulled the trigger. No questions asked. I just kept thinking that this guy killed this little boy over something as stupid as drugs. I wanted to make him pay for it.
2: But you didn't.
1: I wanted to.
2: There's no sin in wanting justice, Colton. But consider this. What if that man died without knowing Christ? Your job is tough, man. You're put into situations that would make the rest of us run away screaming. But God's chosen you because He knows you can handle it. You've been called to be a light. Remember what the Bible says. The harvest is plenteous, but the laborers, they're few. God needs you to do His service. It's noble that you'd run in a burning building and rescue someone's life. But what good does it do if you rescue their life, forget about their soul? What good is it if you rescue them from that fire and yet they're gonna spend eternity in flames? Can I pray with you? I pray that you'd be with Colton right now. God, help him to find the faith that he once knew. Lord, help him to realize that you've given him a calling. Lord, I pray that you would help him to follow that calling. Lord, I pray that you would help him to take a stand for you, to realize that you've got a greater purpose for him. Lord, I pray that you would help him to realize that we've got to reach people, people right where they're at. You
1: okay. Yeah. yeah, everything's great.
0: These people don't know the spirit and therefore always use a proxy to be in contact. One moment it's God, one moment it's Jesus, another it's Trump or any savior. Anyway, they always need someone. Like children, they are. You can't build any civilization with them. As soon as they are introduced into a society, it can only collapse. on the other side being at the end of a cycle, there is not long to bear them. new gods will come to colonize these primitive peoples. has anyone of good constitution ever been saved by jesus? no. it's impossible. because jesus is not a person. it's a becoming. nothing is more degrading than christianism. nothing comes from this. it's death. Christianism is a formidable trap because it offers hope instead of achievement. It's therefore a place of perdition. The Christian church, no one has come out of himself with this one, it's impossible. Resurrection is possible but hard. And electrically intense. Very. The last people to listen, the last are therefore the members of this cult, who all act as priests, that is as converters. This circular argument, that is Christianism slash Jesus came to save you, offers nothing. It short circuits the divine. It prevents the realization, to become full, and especially to finish the earthly cycle. It's therefore a place of perdition. All religions advocating an intermediary between you and the divine, are false and null. No one has awakened from Christianism, it's a place of perdition. I did not need you Christians to awaken me. I found it on my own. As everyone must find it on their own. In no other way it's possible. Contrary to what Christians say. No priest can help you in this process. And you are not going to meet anyone else but yourself. Any intermediary is only there to short circuit in your search for the divine. Any intermediary will never offer you salvation, contrary to what they tell you. Any intermediary will keep you going in circles for decades, blocking your encounter with the divine. Christianism is a circular argument. It's fleeing. It's death.
1: I almost killed a man yesterday. He shot this little kid during a drive-by. I had him at gunpoint. I, I could have pulled the trigger. No questions asked. I just kept thinking that this guy killed this little boy over something as stupid as drugs. I wanted to make him pay for it. But you didn't. I wanted to.
2: There's no sin in wanting justice, Colton. But consider this. What if that man died without knowing Christ?
0: Christ is not a thing. It's your
2: becoming.